0: Welcome to Episode 2 of The Growth Equation, and I'm here with the wonderful Corinne Philippis. De Philippis. De De I knew I was going to butcher that. <laughs> she is my first guest on The Growth Equation here, and I'm very excited to have you. How are you today, Corinne?
1: I am doing amazing. Super excited to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Of course. Why don't you give the people or our listeners a little bit of context about who you are and kind of how did you end up here today?
1: Well, who is Corinne. First thing I like to say about me is at a very, very young age, I was identified more as a warrior. So I always like to start off by saying that mm-hmm. I grew up with a really rough medical history, originally from New York, half Italian. So I do talk a lot with my hands, but I was <laughs> diagnosed with a really rare tumor in my spinal cord when I was four. It's called a tumor and that required uh, three surgeries to actually be removed over the ages of four, five, and six. So that is where kind of my story started, was at a young age. I was given kind of every reason in the book not to like grow and be the best version of myself that I could be, because I had just so many obstacles to overcome. Following that, I actually had multiple trips to the hospital. I spent a lot of my childhood actually in hospitals, platelet transfusions, chemotherapy. And then I ended up going to UCF for college and going as a criminal justice major, a little bit of backstory on that, did not end up doing it. But the same day that I actually got hired under the Department of Justice was actually the same day I was diagnosed with cancer. So I once again was put in a position to either sink or swim, to either not be the best version of myself or continue to push forward. And I did. And I ended up getting into the insurance industry. So again, didn't do what I went to college to do. And I love to say that because so many people think you have to do what you go to college for. And it's just not, not the case anymore. Yeah. But yeah, I overcame that. I got into the housing industry doing homeowner's insurance for a little over two and a half years. And then that ended up actually pushing me into my now real estate career. And I've been a realtor for four years now.
0: Amazing. And thank you so much for sharing. uh, Just to make sure I'm understanding correctly. So you were diagnosed with a tumor at a young age. Mm -hmm. And then from that, you had multiple surgeries, went in and out in the hospital. And then as you got older, you were healthy in between that period of then finding cancer a second time or a second tumor. Is that correct?
1: Yep. So first tumor was benign, which is better because benign, it's either non-cancerous or cancerous. The issue with that tumor is it's one in a million in children. So it's very Mm -hmm. rare. And it was in my spinal cord, so I'm four years old and this thing is actually the size of an eggplant in my spinal cord and no one knew where it came from. So had that not been removed, very good chance I wouldn't have lived very long or I would have been paralyzed or wow. had really bad motor skills and, and stuff like that. So. To me, it was probably more serious than the cancer, to be honest. But I had a very supportive family. I'm very fortunate that I dealt with it at such a young age that you almost barely remember it. You just hear what the whole family went through. But it was just one of those things. You, you were put in a position to make a decision. You either sink or swim when your back's up against a wall. And from then on forward, I always just said, labeled myself as a warrior and just always said that whatever I've been through is always going to be the reason that pushes me forward and not necessarily a crutch. So I've lived by that mantra. It feels like literally forever, my whole life.
0: I love that so much. Hoorah, baby, you're badass. But (laughs) yeah, I want to touch more on that. Your mindset too. I feel like most people in your position wouldn't really have come out on the other side with that positive mindset or like embracing like this is a challenge and this is going to help me grow. Where do you think that kind of stemmed from? Have you always been like that?
1: I would say definitely family support was super important. So I have very, very strong grandparents. My mom is super strong and they just always were so kind and so supportive. And I had just great, just a great support system in my life. So for someone who doesn't have that support system, I've learned that you can create that support system for yourself through other people Mm -hmm. that you kind of interact with in life. Not necessarily family is always going to be your biggest support system, but that was mine. And it was just one of those things where I could have just made a decision to use it as a crutch. And I would question myself, why would I do that? Why would I get up every day and say, oh, I don't want to be a good person or have a good moral compass or do the right thing because of something that I couldn't control. So 100%. what I can control, though, is my actions and how I choose to move forward. But it was just always in me for some reason. And probably biggest reason was my mom. She to have your first daughter to like get a call. She, I remember her telling me that she had like 16 voice messages on her house phone because we didn't have cell phones back then. And she just heard the news. Your first daughter has this huge tumor and you got to bring her into the hospital immediately. I can't even imagine as a mom, which I'm not yet, but when I am, what that felt like for her.
0: That's crazy. And power to you because I feel like most people, especially in today's age, it's just like the victim culture and the victim yeah. mentality. I feel like majority of people at least our age would have used that as like an excuse not to do anything or an excuse why I can't do this and I can't do that. So really proud of you for kind of overcoming that. And then being an example for other people like, hey, I've gone through other health issues myself. But if Corinne can overcome that and look at all the success she's had, then why can't I do it?
1: I also look at it as it might sound cliche, but there's someone out there going through something worse. Ooh, yeah. So I could complain about something, but at the end of the day, I feel like there are way worse medical issues that people have to overcome, way worse circumstances, financially, physically, emotionally. So though it was, I'm not going to discredit what I went through, I do always feel like someone goes through it worse. And I'm very grateful to be here today. And no, I do not have a victim mentality because I don't think I'd be the person that I am today had I not been through that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm such a strong believer in like everything happens for us, not to us. Mm-hmm. And like, you'd be a completely different person if that didn't shape your life at a young age. And so like, I, I really empower you to like continue on that path and keep that same mindset. Cause obviously look at all the success that you're in your late twenties and you're absolutely crushing the real estate game. So that's for context. That's kind of how Corinne and I met is through real estate. And we just kind of had a similar mindset and a similar energy, I guess, of, we're on a similar path and like we should just become friends. So, and we started hanging out more frequently, mainly business talk. And here I am, she is our first guest on the, the podcast here. So talk to me a little bit about how you set your day-to-day up for the most success in your real estate career. Because I know you're a coach. I know you've been, you're like missed listings in Orlando right now. So touch on that for us.
1: Well, I just want to first and foremost say the very first time I ever spoke to you on the phone, I knew we were going to become friends. I just loved your energy. I'm a huge energy person. And uh, thankfully for the buyer that we were working with, people meet for a reason. So I'm super grateful for that. As for my real estate career, I had zero intention of being a real estate agent. Let me start off by saying that I have no family in real estate. I'm the first realtor in my family. One of the first people in my family to also do a commission-based only job, which Mm. is extremely scary because when you haven't seen it or grown up in it, it just feels very unfamiliar and the rate of failure feels a lot closer. So getting into real estate was through insurance, super unexpected. Again, I thought I was going to be fighting crime in criminal justice, CSI Miami. That was my show. I think we do fight crime in real estate, but that's besides the, fault Amen. Of the
0: point. Amen. <laughs> Amen, yeah.
1: But I just got once again when I started this career, I had like the ugliest start to my real estate career. And I always love telling the story because so many people who are anxious or wanting to start their real estate career probably have these questions or probably make their own roadblocks on why they shouldn't start it. So for anyone listening to this, my start to real estate was not pretty. Let me just start off by saying that. My first deal in real estate was the worst deal ever. I allegedly didn't put the closing date on the contract and allegedly didn't get escrow in until (laughs) three days before closing. And the extension was four times. The lender didn't know what an FHA loan was. I didn't know what, I mean, just so many roadblocks and finally got that deal closed. And then from there, I ended up meeting the person that ended up being my mentor and team leader. He was the listing agent on the other side. And because how hard he saw I worked, he's like, I wanna help you. And because I know where you're going to go in this career. And I had zero idea what he was talking about. I remember I sat there about to give up on my entire career. I mean, I had made $3,800 just to be very transparent in six months. Lowest income of that year, like ever in my entire life of what it feels like. And once again, thought I was going to give up. And he said, "I, you'll be making the worst mistake of your life if you give up on this career. I know where you're going to go. And I see you in three to five years coaching and mentoring agents. And I thought this man was crazy. Like, I didn't even know how to do a contract. And this guy saw me as like a coach and mentor. And here we are, ironically, four years later and public speaking, speaking on stages, teaching classes, coaching people. And it's just been four years. So I'm so glad I, I didn't give up. And. I just had this hustle fire mentality from the very beginning. Every I just wanted to succeed. I wanted to be that person that they said, I see something in you that I might not have seen in myself. And when you have coaches, mentors, and leaders that say that to you, don't take that lightly. And also there's just a recipe to success. So it's very simple. If you know how to be a successful real estate agent, entrepreneur, lawyer, doctor, call it what you want to call it, there are successful people who have already implemented everything in the beginning. You just copy that same thing you don't reinvent the wheel so not only did i just put myself around people who are extremely powerful and who are crushing the industry i changed my mindset i changed my habits i had to change people in my friend group i had to stop doing certain things and start doing more of things i had to wake up earlier there were a lot of things simple things and things that were a lot better for my career that i had to do that really shifted that mindset. And then once I started getting that first closing, second closing, third closing, that belief in that I could do this just started coming more to light. And I still feel like I'm just getting started in my career. But yeah, very early on, I found a lot of success. And it was amazing. I mean, I my first full calendar year outside of COVID, I closed just under $20 million in real estate as a buyer's agent in 2021 which was a crazy year to work with buyers and then in 2022 the entire market shifted like our interest rates went from what we knew is three and a half, to three and a half percent to six percent overnight yeah and my business declined 50 percent once again put in a position do you sink or do you swim so i love telling the story because i do truly believe if you get up and you take the right actions daily and you strive to be a good person that good things come back to you, whether you're looking for it or not. So I was actually in my third year in real estate where business declined 50 percent, income declined 50 percent. There was so much uncertainty in the market, a lot of negativity in the world. I was on my way to Las Vegas for a conference with my company. I was put on the wrong flight. I'm never going to admit that I might (laughs) have booked the wrong flight because that's just me. But I booked a flight with my business partner. We didn't have the same connecting flight. I had no idea why. But again, the universe is working for you, not against you. And I ended up sitting next to the person who I ended up hiring as my coach. And his name is Haas Pratt. And he hands me this book called Listing Boss. And we talked for the next three hours. We were those annoying people on the plane where everyone's trying to sleep. We're the ones talking. And he said, from this moment on, like I'm going to one-on-one coach you, which he actually said he stopped doing until he we met, he said, if I happen to meet someone on a plane by accident, I'll coach you. And I, even though my income was so low, I decided I'm going to invest this money into myself.
0: Was that the first time you've ever invested in a coach? Or it was
1: a very the first forward? time. Okay. And that was a large investment. Do you Huge.
0: mind sharing how much that was?
1: Almost $10,000. Okay. Yeah. Huge investment huge investment but people are so scared to make this investment but it's an investment in yourself when you buy real estate it's an investment in yourself like anything that's an investment in yourself i don't feel like is ever spending money
0: thousand percent it's
1: investing money so when he hired me i listened to everything that he said i think the biggest two biggest pieces of advice i'd give someone looking to hire a coach who's listening to this right now is one hire a coach that aligns with the work you want to continue to do. So for example, I don't grow my business a lot through social media. I've never been a social media agent. I don't do TikToks. I have no idea how to do it. I am a caller. I'm on the phones prospecting daily. That has been my thing since insurance. That is how I grew my business to that $20 million in my real estate career, my first calendar year. That is just all I've done. So I When he told me I took 30 listings in 30 days and I asked him how, he says I was calling. Perfect, we align. So that was one reason. And two, do the work. Don't hire someone and think that because you hired them and you swiped your credit card that something's just gonna come from that. You have to still take action.
0: Yep, absolutely.
1: So that's what I did. And I completely stopped calling everyone that I was used to calling. All the systems, tools, CRMs, People, phone numbers, everything that I used, I just stopped. Cold turkey. And it was no pun intended that it was by Thanksgiving. And <laughs> <laughs> but I listened to everything that he said and I identified myself as something differently. Now, I identified myself as a listing agent. And through this end of 2022, just the most beautiful thing happened to me and I just transformed. I lost almost 30 pounds because I was at the heaviest that I'd ever been in my career and just in my life. I had started waking up every day at 5.30 a.m., which I'd never done, and they say the most successful people wake up at 6 a.m., and I was consistent and disciplined in habits, people I was around, actions I was doing daily, and I've taken over 25 listings in the last seven months, all because I identified, I shifted, and I stayed consistent and disciplined, And it's been the most life-changing thing in my career that could have ever happened. And now as a coach, I am able to teach people that, which is amazing.
0: That is amazing. And and thank you so much for sharing. And I have so much I want to unpack here because you threw a lot at us. And I feel like there's a lot of gold nuggets that I want to touch on in particular. But what I want to start with is I think is kind of that snowball effect of doing something scary. And for you spending 10 grand at the time as in yourself was a lot of money. And thats mm-hmm. a, I'm sure that's a lot of money to other people early on in their career. But how much of that success and that shift of going from buyer's agent to listing agent and doing, I think you said 70 or 27 listings in seven months?
1: A little over 25.
0: 25, 70 is a lot. But how much <laughs> of that do you credit to like just shifting your mindset and it being kind of full circle of waking up earlier, losing weight, and then having all this financial success?
1: It's 100%. All aligned. There's no coincidence about it. Um, especially one of my favorite books that I read last year was The Compound Effect, and I would totally recommend reading that because
0: who's that written by? Sorry,
1: I think it's Darren Darren Hardy. Okay, I want to say yeah. I'm sorry if I don't know that. Shame on me for recommending a book and I'm didn't the know worst the author. About
0: that, I always do the I same. I believe thing. it's Darren Hardy. Okay,
1: phenomenal book because it really just teaches you that small action items you do daily and end up amounting to so much more. So. It's all a numbers game when it comes to your business, losing weight, habits. You do something for 21 days, it ends up becoming a habit. I make X amount of calls a day, I know I'm gonna get a listing. I count X amount of macros per day, I know I can lose a pound, a pound and a half per week. I just started compound affecting everything in my life and staying as consistent as possible because let's be honest, we're humans. Being 110% disciplined, Every single day is not realistic. So I love comparing it to the 80 20 rule. So if you're doing these things 80% of the time and 20% of the time, you're just kind of living life, it ends up being just very healthy, very realistic, very attainable, and something that just seems simple for everyone to do. But they all correlate with how the success just rampaged after. And also, A lot of people see what I'm doing and think you're an overnight success, but they don't see all the work that I've put in these last four years that I've been just watering the seed the four years and now the tree's starting to come out. But really, it's just been being watered this entire time.
0: I love that so much. And hmm, I'm just thinking here because now you got me my brain firing like, well, I am not being analytical enough. I'm not tracking my calls. I'm not doing this. I'm not. So you've kind of inspired me here today, Corinne, and I appreciate that. Another question for you, what would be your biggest three advice from a seasoned agent at this point with all the success to a newer agent who's just getting started in the industry? What would be a couple of tips you'd give that agent?
1: Well, to start with the new agent, I would always recommend when you start and you want to grow in this industry, you have to go in full time. If you try to do 50% of the work, you're only going to get 50% of the results. So when I coach new agents, they have this fear in them that, oh, if I quit my job or if I do this, I'm gonna fail and I'm gonna be a laughing stock and I'm gonna go broke. And the thing about it is, again, you have to really take risks to get the reward. So I'd recommend going in full time. I'd recommend starting on a team. A lot of people are so concerned with splits And at the end of the day, 100% of nothing is nothing. Zero, yeah. So being around people who have also done the work. So I am a true believer in successful businesses and coaches, mentors, and all that stuff. But I will always look differently at a coach or mentor who's never done the work. And they're trying to like preach to the choir. Mm. So if I was going to work with a team, I'd work with a team leader who has been a realtor before, who has sold homes before and who can teach you something. And I would be on that team for your at least first few years, not caring about splits, not caring about what you have to do and just taking everything in and doing it and also not doing it alone. It's very lonely as an entrepreneur. And there's so much, there's so many amazing people you get to meet and, being connected with like-minded individuals who are very powerful is how you're going to grow quicker. So that would be my advice to a brand new agent. To a seasoned agent, if you are anything like me where you felt you had grown and then you're stuck, you have to pivot. I'm sure what I'm doing right now, that will also be not enough anymore to scale and grow. I will have to pivot. You also have to delegate. So if you're doing $10 plus million plus a year, you probably need a transaction coordinator. You probably need to start thinking about hiring an assistant. You need to delegate the tasks that are $10 an hour jobs to people who are meant to do those jobs. You have to identify what you're worth per hour. So if you're worth $500 an hour, which average agent's worth between three dollars to $500 an hour, why are you doing $10 an hour work? Mm-hmm. So do what you do best, pay for the rest.
0: Oh, I love that. I can tell you've heard some of these or you've said these on stage because you were just on it. I love it. That's amazing.
1: <laughs> I love doing this.
0: I know, I can tell. I, I can hear the excitement and like the fulfillment coming out of you. Like you just love talking about this stuff, mm-hmm. which is why I have you on. So Corinne, I want to do some closing remarks here and kind of touch on your coaching side of your real estate entrepreneurship business. What are some of the things you look for in new clients that want to get started and working with you?
1: Someone who's definitely willing to take action and who has an overall positive mindset so for example there are a lot of new agents that i've been meeting who i love asking someone just not even a new agent just any agent what were you a winner at before so, if you told me I was a top soccer player, or I was a top baseball player, or I was a top violinist, like I'm gonna know that you were a winner at one thing. You can be a winner at something
0: else. Oh, I like that.
1: So, as long as I see a winner mentality and someone who's ready, willing, and able, and coachable and moldable, that's an ideal client. I don't like being around negative people or people who wake up with this victim mentality because. I'm just going to look at what I've been through and instantly say, okay, if you haven't gone through these things, if I didn't have the victim mentality, you shouldn't. And if you are going through something, it's okay. You're human, but you have to also show gratitude and control what you can't control. What I do as a coach is I want to take people who want to just be extraordinary in their life, end up helping them get there. Because the thing about a coach is coaches are for certain seasons, right? So, There is the season of a new agent or a season of an agent looking to scale. I fit that season. I might not fit the season of a broker who wants to build a big team or fit the season of a TikTok artist that wants to make a bunch of TikToks per day. I don't align with that. So I wouldn't be your best coach. But if you're looking to, for example, if you're looking to be a realtor and you want to hit $10 million a year, every time I hire an agent, I say, this coaching program six months, and it's going to make you a $10 million producer. Because to me, in Orlando, Central Florida area, if you're doing $10 million plus a year, you are in usually the top 500 agents out of the 24,000 agents that we have. And also, your income is different. You're being able to grow financial wealth. Like, making all this money isn't what's super important about this. It's how do we make this money and reinvest it so we can grow financial freedom and wealth, because that's what I've been doing. Yeah. I bought my first home, my first year of real estate. I bought my first investment property, which I'm paying off cash in Dominican Republic. I bought a new car. I'm just traveling I'm and I'm building a second business now, actually three businesses. I'm building an app and I have my coaching. So I'm building multiple streams of income and I love to inspire. So both my mentors, Gil Ramos and Haas Pratt, they both were agents, team leaders. And they both ended up getting into the coaching side of things and are speaking on stages, coaching teams, and mentoring. And I align so much with that because it's inspiring the masses. If I work by myself as a realtor who works with buyers and sellers, I can only reach X amount of people at one time as one human, right? But if I can change the lives of hundreds, if not thousands, of agents who want to do this and want to succeed, but don't really know don't think they can or don't think they have the tools to do that and I can come in and help them do that, I'm now reaching more buyers and sellers and more people. So I love inspiring people. I actually have a personal goal of mine is to help make a million people financially free. and I have it written down. I have it hanging up in my office of that goal of making a million people financially free, also retiring my family. My mom is a single mom. She's worked her butt off the, her entire life supporting me and my sister, and I wanna give back to her. I wanna continue to purchase more assets. And I wanna live this one single life that I have and be, like I said, yeah. extraordinary. I don't wanna live a normal life. I want to inspire the masses and influence people to be the best versions of themselves
0: they could be. Amen, amen, that's amazing. Corinne, thank you so much for hopping on the podcast, The Growth Equation. I think this has been a really fun episode, and I. Hopefully, you had a good enough time that you'd want to come back for around two or three. Who knows? Oh,
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: Corinne, where can people follow you? How can they stay connected to your journey? Where do you want people to find you?
1: So first and last name, which will be on the podcast, Corinne D. Phillip, you can add me on Facebook, but I'm very well connected on Instagram. My Instagram name is Corinne, the realtor, possibly soon being changed to Corinne, the coach. Ooh,
0: that's kind of has a flow to it. Right. I'm not going to lie.
1: Right. So real estate side, close with Corinne, coaching side, coach with Corinne. So. But I am all about staying connected with my community and helping people. I'm doing it daily. I wake up every day and the first thing I ask tell myself is whose life will I bless today? <laughs> so when I'm making calls, a lot of people have this misconception of being scared of rejection. And that's the reason people don't wanna pick up the phones, even though I believe all roads lead to the phones when it comes to our industry. But I have a day where I have success in the calls. Okay, great, that's who I was meant to help. But if I have a day where no one answers, I just sit and tell myself I was not meant to help anyone today, I'll try again tomorrow. Yeah. But I love for people to stay connected with me. You can add me on Instagram, Corinne the Realtor, shoot me a message, let me know what you think of this podcast and Layton, you're just like me, where you love to inspire people. So I appreciate you having me on here and allowing me to share my story.
0: Absolutely. It has been an absolute honor. And thank you for coming to The Growth Equation.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Talk soon.